Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. McDonald to deep left field. Hamilton back at the wall. Off the wall. Welcome to Boston, Darnell McDonald. The Red Sox newest hero. Driven to deep left center. Way back and gone. First as a Cub for Darnell McDonald. So imagine if we could uh, focus on the baseball or focus on anything that we're doing. That's a superpower. So this is a superpower that we have. We can develop this skill of being present, being in the moment. High drive, deep left. He's got another deep, far, and very gone. Darnell McDonald takes him out of the yard, and the Red Sox lead it one to nothing. are tuning in to an all-new edition of Calm is a Superpower, a baseball podcast powered by SVA Sports at Yaya Sport. Here at SVA Sport, we are looking to help you find your purpose, navigate your way through life. You can head on over to svasport.com for more information. Again, this is Calm is a Superpower, hosted by Jack and D-Mac. It's episode four of the podcast with a very special guest, a very special treat for you today. We have former Major League Baseball first baseman James Loney on the podcast. You might remember him from his days with the Los Angeles Dodgers, also played for the Boston Red Sox. Tampa Bay Rays and New York Mets spent a little time in the Korean baseball organization as well before he hung it up but we had a very fun chat today with James Loney talking about different ways we can incorporate really fun entertaining content uh, for fans across the globe watching Major League Baseball not just on ESPN we talked a little bit about the K-Rod cast that they're having with Michael K and Alex Rodriguez on ESPN talked a little John Boy Media Barstool Sports what they're doing right what they're doing wrong what we can incorporate in the future when it comes to sports media as a whole not only on ESPN and Fox sports broadcasts and professional broadcasts alike but also with fun stuff that you can make content creation uh, at home on your own forever whoever wants to get into the content creation business it's it's kicking ass these days so you want to get into it Uh, we talked a little bit about that as well as what he did during his playing days to not only meditate stay calm but to uh, perform at the biggest level that he possibly could. So without further ado, it is episode four of Calm is a Superpower. We are presented by SVA Sport with Mr. James Loney. Enjoy, ladies and gentlemen. Do you like the broadcast style or like, I think obviously podcasts are the future. Yeah. 100%. Like, and this is like way more relaxed. Like, do you like, like being there in the studio, dressing up and analyzing things? Yeah. I mean, I like it. I mean, I like just kind of giving my take and, being able to, you know, I think provide some information that, you know, most people can't or, you know, seeing something that, you know, most people might not see and being able to explain it, you know? Because um, this one, I, I was telling you earlier, I was like, just watch some of these guys and it's like, it's just so boring, man. Or that they just repeat the same stuff that they hear. Um, so Are you talking about like, the, like guys like you who played like the analysts or just like in general, just like the broadcast teams? But I, I, I think both, honestly. Yeah. You know? Well, to be uh, fair, we didn't play like you guys did. So we have to, <laughs> it's up to you to be entertaining. Right. Exactly. Exactly. No, I know. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's, it's not even necessarily always what you say, right? It's how you say it. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just like the energy you're giving off. Because, you know, you just like if you're watching the news, it's like, all right, if I want to watch the news, I want to like, 
little entertained, you know, it didn't have to be crazy, but I don't want it to like be a snooze fest. The thing is like what they teach us, like at least what I learned in school too, is that like, it's not about you, like tell the story, but like, don't develop like this character. They're not tuning in to listen to you. So like, I feel like some of that yeah. comes from like, just do your job, tell what's in front of you. Like, don't, don't be, don't be a character. Right. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Cause that's what they're, you're trying to give the information. Yeah. yeah, which makes sense. But at the same time, you're right. Like you want to be entertained, which I think yeah. you're doing like a decent job. So interesting. Like just we, watching Sunday Night Baseball the last two weeks. Have you guys seen the K-Rod thing with Michael K and Alex Rodriguez? I saw part of it. I mean, I wasn't, I mean, you know, the part I saw was just kind of whatever. What'd you think? Well, that's the, so like Eli Manning and Peyton Manning's Monday Night Football thing. All, I like that. You know, because they're brothers, you know, they've yeah, been like their lives since day one. They have chemistry. We're like, yeah, like that. A-Rod and Michael K, it's just a weird two people to pair together. Like yeah. if you put like David Ortiz with A-Rod, I think that would be a lot more interesting. Right. Exactly. I feel, I feel like they always have to, I don't know. I mean, you got to pair with the right guy. Like, like I like Carl Ravitch you know, I like him. Um, I like Robert Flores from MLB Network, yeah. you know? So like there are certain guys, even though they're not the baseball guy, they're just, they're, you like watching them. I think, uh, who's the other one? Steven Nelson with MLB Network does a tremendous job of like inserting his personality okay. and interacting with guys. Yeah. You know, like there's that, that perfect mix of like, you're not making it about yourself, but you're making it fun for the viewer to watch. Yeah. Because exactly. you can relate to them. Yeah, I've heard, um, I heard the Apple TV didn't go too well. Um, the commentators on that, did you hear about that? Who was it? I think it was Hunter Pence and like some, some lady. And then I think Heidi Watney, yeah. um, and then I know Chris Young did another. I don't know if his was. I don't know if they were talking about his, but this was a separate broadcast. Interesting. And I think they had two, two women on that one as well. Yeah, I, I know Chris has been working with like like Melanie Newman and maybe Heidi Watney. Because I saw he did a game this weekend, just like in like a Jackie Robinson jersey, wearing sweatpants and stuff. Yeah, like very laid back. Yeah, yeah, I think that was it. So. Um, I mean, I'm all for like inclusiveness and women and everything, but it's like, it's gotta be the right content, right? Cause if it's not the right content, then people are like, it's just not going to come off, you know, but like the Jessica Mendoza, I think from what I've seen, she, I think she does a pretty good job. Well, she, um, she played softball at like some big level. Like she, she yeah. has an idea of what she's talking about. Like, it's not exactly. like you're just throwing someone out there. Like a lot of people still today are just like, oh, she has no idea what she's talking about. It's like, she does like give her a chance. Like it's not as easy as you think it is. Right. No, I know. I know. But I've, I've heard her, I've heard her break down some stuff and it's been pretty good from what I saw. So. Do you think you could ever do commentary? Do you ever want to? Yeah, I don't know, man. I, um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just listening. I'm listening to you guys. Cause I'm, what I'm hearing is like, there's, there's obviously an art to it, right? There's strategies behind it. Um, it's not something like, I think a lot of people think, yeah, man, just put a camera in front of me and I'll just just do what it, no, you have to like prepare and, and, and mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff that goes on before you get on there. But I think just the authenticity and having the right people together, right? Yeah. I, I for baseball, I, I haven't seen it yet, right? Like mm -hmm. there's someone, you know, really good and then the other person kind of 
dulls it down, dumbs it down. Um, or I think like Jessica Mendoza, I think she's really good. I also feel that like female, like I have to really do more and prove like I'm, I'm, I really know baseball where it's just like, mm -hmm. I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy the basketball setup to be honest with you and the, you know, females and the males. And I'm trying to think uh, yesterday, man, just, is it TNT or TBS that Shaq and those guys? TNT. Yeah, man. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Like, I'll stay up just to watch that. Cause it's just real. Like they're right. They talk shit with each other. They, they state the real, like about the game or players. And, mm -hmm. um, I think they have the right combination of the, the kind of techniques of what needs to happen. And then, um, you know, Shaq is, keeps it real. He mm -hmm. checks Barkley. Like there's a lot of, there's a good checks and balances through it, through it all. It works. Yeah. Yeah. I think baseball sometimes gets a little, I don't want to say scared or apprehensive, but you know, it's very like, okay, I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to say that and stay in my little box, you know, versus like, like sometimes you just got to, you know, see what, see what happens. <laughs> yeah. You guys like that. Like Paul O'Neill with the Yankees, he, he, he doesn't have any Fs to give. Like he, he goes out there and says whatever he wants and he knows what he's talking about. Cause he was a big time, big league hitter and he can analyze yeah. when he has to, but he can have fun when he has to too. Mm-hmm. Or like some, like, even like a David Cohn, like really good at analyzing things. To me, I feel like he tries to like insert way too much personality and it just doesn't work. Mm. Yeah, I haven't heard him enough. I, I was actually surprised when I saw him on ESPN the other night. Um, I just haven't really like heard him enough or, you know. I think I he's know. doing all the Sunday night games this year with Carl Ravage and uh, Eduardo. Oh, it, guys, so. Eduardo, yeah. Hmm. Eduardo, he keeps it relaxed. Yeah. Oh, Eduardo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eduardo. Yeah. Awesome. Knowledge. He has knowledge and he has, like, he has an unbiased, you can feel. Like, he's just, you know, speaking mm -hmm. the game. Yeah. So, you need to put Eduardo with a, uh, um, a person that don't give a damn, okay? Mm -hmm. Big Pop, Big Pop, he's good. It's authentic. That's the time you don't know what he's saying, but it's you know, <laughs> so it's funny. Um, and that per, you know, that personality. So, I mean, who else? Like, I try to think. Like in baseball, like Swisher. Oh, I haven't seen him. Where, where is he? Well, he he's done some work for like Fox Sports, just like sitting behind the desk for like pre and post game. But I oh love yeah, him color commentary. Yeah, I've seen him pre and post. Don Trell is another guy who does pre and post that I think is really yeah. good. I like Don Trell. Yeah. Um, you know, I wish sometimes in baseball now, like the way the game's played, I wouldn't mind seeing commentators or analysts kind of, you know, saying what they think is going to happen beforehand, right? Be like, oh, okay, in this situation, you know, like, like put it, put it out there. You know, you know, you guys have these jobs. And so, like, like let's see if you really, you know, have an idea here. Right, versus always after the fact. You know, I don't know. Kind of like what Tony Romo does constantly on CBS. You know. Yeah, 
Yeah, he does. He's like, what's going to happen, Tony? And then like literally seven times, eight times out of 10, he's right. And it's like, right. It's like really cool, like really insightful. Like that's entertaining. Exactly. Yeah, you're not going to be right every time, but at least like it's kind of cool. Like over time, people will know if you're, if you know what you're talking about. Oh my God, 100%. You know, so. Game, games change. If you played the game, you don't know what you're talking about. So <laughs> that ain't going that ain't gonna work. But yeah. you know, I love the Romo and the stories and the insight, man. Like, yeah, I want to hear that. Like, I I love that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we have enough of that in bait. Like, to be honest with you, I don't even like watching. Like, if I watch a game, just turn turn that off, turn it off. Yeah, you yeah. Know. No, I hear you. I don't even like. I don't even really watch. I mean, I might watch the end of some games sometimes if it's close games. But for the most part, like it's yeah, it's hard for me to watch like a full commentary game, you know. I think we're gonna see more along the lines in the future of like the K Rod thing where it's like very laid back as opposed to mm-hmm. suit and tie, like welcome inside the ballpark, like very like professional how it is now. I think it's gonna be a lot more like podcasts. Right. Way more laid back, still censored, like you can't say anything you want. But, right. Like it's gonna be way more laid back. I think within the next 10, 15 years, I could see it just like, mm-hmm. you know, like a guy like John Boy Media or some of these barstool guys, like getting legit mm-hmm. roles with big networks to just kind of like yeah. hang out with the audience as opposed to just telling the audience what's going on. Right. It's like, well, what if, I mean, I've been toyed with the idea of like, what if you had guys just start out, I don't know whether it's on YouTube TV or like a channel and, you know, the game's already on TV. Exactly. So you're basically kind of like a radio channel, but you have a visual with the YouTube TV or, or whatever uh, platform and you're calling the game on your own and you kind of start your own following or people are like, damn, I'd rather listen to those guys than the actual people they're paying, you know? I mean, that's so. how like some of the bigger guys have gotten there. Like, like John Boy Media was doing like post game recaps, just like had a camera set up in his house for a few years. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. all of it, it was like the, Aaron Boone calling the Yankees effing savages or something like that's what like, came <laughs> up a few years ago. Yeah, he never looked back, you know. Right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he's pretty. Big. Yeah, I love that. Like that. That type of insight, like the stuff people want to say but they don't say. Like right. Side of like, like having to understand it, like how it goes down, but yeah. like being able to say it. Um. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm with you on that. Loney, so you're talking like similar to like what Peyton and Eli were doing with the the football. Yeah, I mean similar because it's like I mean technically, it's anybody can kind of set up their own you know cameras and situation and, and channel, and depending on you know everybody kind of has their own social media following, and you know I feel like if you're good enough over time, like people will recognize that you know, especially you know you know, with me playing and you playing and other guys that have, you know, backgrounds, you know, there's, there's connections out there, right? Like, you know, you can, like, so you can have a broadcasting agent eventually and they could reach out to people and be like, Oh, they have their own channel or whatever, you know, just kind of like navigating the different, different areas with that. So like having like this type of setup and then the game going at yeah. the same time, yeah, and I think like the cool thing is, is like you don't you can you can choose what game you want to you know call tonight, right? You go, oh, let's watch, let's let's talk about this game tonight, or or shit, let's switch game, let's let's go to another game right now, you know? Or you know, I don't know, just like I feel like you can just play around with it so many different ways. 
Like, do you see that more of along the lines of like, it's got to be well edited. Obviously it's got to look really good. Yeah. Like you'll see with like the bar stool like setups. If you've ever seen one and they're watching a the game, there's a lot of downtime where they're kind of just like sitting back, taking it in, not saying much. Like, do you mm-hmm. think that's awkward on camera or would you keep that in? Hmm. Um, I wouldn't want too much downtime because you don't know when people are like watching and you don't want it to be like, Oh, what's going on here? Like it's too boring or yeah. they have nothing to say. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you, you know, I mean, I, I don't want I wouldn't want to have too much downtime. Yeah. Like I, I watched some of those videos and I'm like, wow, like almost like a hundred thousand people are tuning into this right now, whether it be like, in IG live or just like streaming on YouTube. And some of these guys are just sitting back, like not talking for a couple minutes straight. And I'm like, yeah, doing this. How are they this right. successful? They're not saying anything right now. <laughs> yeah. I called it. I called a couple games in AAA, um, like a few years ago. I did two, two games and I don't remember really ever having too much downtime. Like I feel like there was either something to say about the game or there was something to say, you know, about, you know, just just something like about myself or like I don't know whatever it was like there was always something where it didn't feel too awkward to like throw it in you know what I mean and that's the tough thing with commentators today because like if you're on a national broadcast you're going to throw Carl Ravage and David Cohn together probably haven't worked together nearly enough to where they build that camaraderie and that repertoire right. and like entertain each other and entertain an audience Exactly. That's why I think when Charles and Kenny and Shaq, it's like they either all played like around that same era against each other. Like, you know, they have stories. They just they get it. You know, like they they know how to feed off each other. And they've been doing it together for years. Like, obviously, they they have the experiences and they've known each other for years, but they've sat at that desk for almost a decade plus now, too. Right. Exactly. So they know what works. You know what I mean? Um, So, yeah. And it just and it always comes off natural. Oh yeah. I, say, I think yeah, they can do that not because they don't they don't they don't give a damn. Right? No, they yeah, exactly. They don't give yeah. You want me to go? And so why we like that needs to happen. We need to create something like that in baseball, right? Similar, I mean obviously John Boy Media, um, you know, I don't know what their intention was when they started that, but um yeah, having players talk about the game, like mm-hmm. and more I like, think about it. If that doesn't happen soon, like, you know. Yeah. And the nice thing, you can always bring in different guests, right? Like, the great thing about this is, like we said, with, like, those shows, Peyton and Eli, it's like they can always bring on somebody. Uh, Maybe it's a certain game during the week, and you have a guy that played for that team back in the day or something. So, I don't know. It's just, like, always, you know, creating. Like, that's what what I like to do. Like, I like to think about what what can we create, you know, I don't it doesn't to even have to be like a big, like literally someone, like you said, someone that they played with could have been like a role player, platoon mm-hmm. guy. But if he's got a great personality and like the three of them can bounce off each other really well, it's going to be entertaining. Right. Exactly. How did, how did they do that? Were they in the same place or were they doing it like this? Like this. Like this. Yeah. They were just hanging out. <laughs> so Jack, how, do you, how would you, how do you do that? How's that set up? So <laughs> probably with them. They probably have someone um, either like a TriCaster, which is like the like the director's program where you can like go to each camera setup. So like if 
like you were Peyton, I was Eli, James was like Tom Brady or something. We just like put each other, put our frames on top of each other. And then you could have like a split screen of the game going on at the same time while you have the Zoom call set up. And I'm pretty sure it's all in um, TriCaster, which is like the giant computer setup that allows you to stream it live while also, while the game's going on. It's actually a really easy, like simple setup. It's just like a really like expensive software that obviously the big mm-hmm. networks have. Well, how, much interesting. You, how much do you think it is? We have one in our studio in Scottsdale that we use. It's close to like $14,000 for this whole setup. And then you have, and I think that's just the setup. And then you have to like program all of, you know, the graphics that you want and pay mm-hmm. for all of like the subtitles or lower thirds or mm-hmm. things that you want in there. And then you mm-hmm. play around with it. But the actual software is between like 10 and 14, I think. Got it. Got it. Okay. It's worth it though, obviously, if, if it's your life, like podcasting is something I've done for like five, six years and I have the opportunity to use one. But mm-hmm. like, obviously if you're starting out small, like zoom is perfect because zoom mm-hmm. doesn't cost anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think people don't expect much, right. If you're just starting out, they're not going to be like, dang, why don't they have this? Why don't they have that? You know, I think they're tuning in to see if it's good or not at first. And then kind of like, like Jalen and Jacoby, they started out really small, like, I remember the, the quality wasn't that great, I don't think. And I don't know if they were just in some like small studio or what. But I remember over time, I feel like it, they progressed, you know. It doesn't happen. Like literally, you were talking about John Boy's intention with his thing, Darnell. Like, I think he was just like a Yankee fan growing up outside the Bronx, like somewhere in Jersey. And people caught wind of him and he decided like, oh, we could turn this into – all of baseball, not just like the Yankees. So like, I feel like most of these guys who are successful and, you know, granted like the Eli's and the Paytons and people who are already established probably asked to do this is completely different, but guys starting out like John boy, like their intentions probably changed multiple times over time as they were. Yeah. Right. I can see that. And I think too, it's like, if you, you try to go this route, if you can get like a, a, a one big name that maybe has a lot of followers or just, you know, whatever it is, I feel like that always kind of helps kickstart it too, right? You know, like, damn, that guy, you know, they got so-and-so, they've got, you know, that's what it is now, right? Followers. <laughs> so whether you like it or not, that's just, you know, the game we're in. I mean, granted, if you have all of those followers and everything, like you got that, you know, verification, like you obviously are influencing people. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. That's I come from, like, obviously they got somewhere, like they don't just right. have blue check mark or whatever the hell it is on social media for nothing right no it's a good thing you know what i mean i think uh you know there's so many different avenues now for people to to, to make to make money or start a business or whatever it is you know good it's just like some of you guys like you guys are very into it i feel like a lot of other players just like tune out of content creation and stuff at least like former players or it's either like you're fully in like interested in it or you're just like mm-hmm. i don't want to see it i'm not on social media yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> it's because it's on another. It's on a, another level now. Like it's like you, you even notice like the individual Instagram posts now. Like it's like you guys are creating movies. You know what I'm saying? Now high school kids like they got to have their own uh, videographer and like media team. Like it ain't just like 
okay, mm-hmm. let's record and just talk. Like now, the level's just gone up, but I really, I like the organic. I like the, you know, there's something like just, man, throw together, talk, see, you know, like if people yeah. like it. And I'm, I'm still just kind of, you know, thinking about this, this other setup and like what, YouTube, streaming on YouTube? Yeah, yeah, YouTube TV is big. You know, or, or channel, or whatever. Um, what's that other? Um, or like, I with IG Live can only be two people talking together. I think you could have up to like four. I think yeah. I could be completely wrong, but I think you could have at least three people in an IG Live. Mm. Okay. Hey, would that be a possibility? Like, just do like sit and talk about a game, or what? Or better, just not. Well, do it. Ideally, you'd want to have the game on screen too, right? Yeah, yeah. I think you'd want to have it on screen just to give people, if they're not able, if they're not in that you know district to watch the game in or in their um, local area. Um, that way, they could still watch the game, right? And I guarantee you, like Instagram and Facebook, they're all working on that as like the next update too. Cause they're ahead of the curve on that stuff. That that's something that people would want to see. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, I mean, I'm I wonder how you would get the games. Cause you know, like every now if you want to go pay for out of market, you have to get like a package or whatever. Um, so if you wanted to do it on your own and have it on a screen. I wonder how that would work as well. So you put share screen and then you have the the video. Oh, I guess. Oh, share your screen. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could do that. What do you think, Jack? Is that a possibility? Like if, I mean, that's yeah, that's definitely an easier route to go. I, I definitely see that happening. I'm, I mean, I'm probably sure that they'll simplify it in some way. Or like you could do that while also doing other things, but yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like that, I like that idea, man. I really the non the non-serious just talk. talk yeah, baseball, baseball talk. Yeah, I could be like, hey, man, I bet you a hundred bucks right now. He's gonna throw a three-two slider, and you're like, "No, man, high fastball." And if I win, all right, and you you Venmoing me, right? And you're showing everybody you Venmo me, you know, whatever. Like just yeah. to keep it fun, and you know, that's that's the era we're in now. Shit, they're betting on every damn screen. I can't can't get away from it. Oh, and that'd be like an easy thing where you have bets back and forth, and then you have a bunch of bet sponsors that could partner with yeah. you program whatever it is whether it's a show or like an ig live like that's something that someone would easily invest in right yeah i feel like that'd be something pretty cool like something different right you're giving people something different too and uh, or you could give to the fan right the fan guesses you know the right thing the right outcome in this inning maybe they get something so now they're invested you know so Anytime We're going to see in the next five years or so, like all of these things come to light. Yeah. No, for sure. So that fans can interact with, how do we do that? So the fans can interact, ask questions or what, like what we're talking about. That's what I'm saying. Like IG live, you can do that. And I think mm-hmm. like the next 
update or a few updates from now, they definitely got to have it to where like two athletes or like two people at ESPN or Fox sports can hop on an IG live while at the same time, have the game on the screen. That way fans Mm -hmm. are like commenting throughout on something as simple as Instagram that people could just log on on their phones as opposed to like hopping on a streaming service and watching the game on TV. Mm. As easy as that is like just everybody's on their phone. Right. That's true. Yeah. And you want to make it as easy as possible for people. Interactive. Is the, yeah. That's the that's the way. I want to talk yeah. shit with fans too. Right. Man. Yeah. Oh, you want to bet? That's okay. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's yeah. your team now. I got this team. I was like, yeah, so we gotta we gotta we gotta I'm just marinate on that. I'm like, yeah, I'm I don't even like now. It's not like I'm going to turn on something to listen to anything for with baseball. Mm-hmm. I think that's what baseball is missing is you know like this. Mm-hmm. I will stay till after the game, the basketball game, just to see what Chuck and them guys got to say about right. whatever happened. Like I want to see what they're going to say about Kyrie and the fans in Boston. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I love I, I love that. So it's that's gonna be a continual story of like what how that plays out with that that situation there. And gonna love to create some more some more hype, some more like fun shit. Yeah. All right to talk shit. That's like that's that. why I'm so shocked that they went with Michael K and A-Rod for that segment. Yeah. Because obviously they're not friends. <laughs> well, the A Rod thing has always been kind of weird to me. Even when he was on the ESPN last year, it just didn't feel. I don't know, like, like, wait, what is he saying? Or like, I mean, I've, and I've read that a lot, right? Like, right. Just feels kind of forced. You know? Oh yeah, he's very like business oriented. It seems fake sometimes, but like, yeah, there, there's moments of genuine back and forth between him and like Vascurgeon, but. Mm-hmm. It's good insight, though, man. I I, yeah. I appreciate like he has some good insight, hitting and like you know like you can feel both. So you got to put him and David together, right? Like yeah. the best thing whenever I said A Rod when he was in Boston, they're doing it, and the crowd was right. and shit to him, and he was like accepting it. I was like, that's awesome. Like mm-hmm. I appreciate that. He was like, "Yeah, I deserve it." They're, they're all over him too. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's no like beside like him. There's no like real insight. Like he talked like the shit Yankees do. He talks about that. Like man, this mm-hmm. data and this was why this wasn't this. And so that part of it, I I can appreciate. Yeah, he has the corporate, the you know, the, it's corporate. It's, it's Yankee. Yeah, yeah. but who else? Who else is doing that? Who else is giving that type of insight? No, I mean, I mean, I hate to say it, but if you look around, I mean, it's just a lot of. I don't know if this is because they're old, like a lot of older guys too. That kind of just are like, you know, it's very just stiff and yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because there's a difference between knowledge. And wisdom, okay? Like, knowledge, like, yeah, I can go talk to yeah. the manager, get 
some knowledge of what's going on, this and that. And then wisdom of like, man, I've you've been in this position, you've experienced it, and you're speaking from um, you know, that point of view. And I think that's mm-hmm. what we need more of, you know, you need both, but the the wisdom is really when I say wisdom, that's the stories, right? Yeah. Your stories. Right. Yeah, that's why people love I mean, even like Vin Scully, you know, they he was a storyteller. <laughs> John John Madden, best yeah. all time. Go. Right. Like, yeah, he had a story for the water boy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like a story for everyone. And dude, and yeah. tuned in. Those yep. damn stories. Would Vin Scully just like come down like during BP sometimes and just like tell stories with the guys? Like not even like baseball related? Not really, because I mean I was there, you know, when he was older and I don't think he even showed up to like 6 30. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think his thing was like, all right, I'm good, you know. <laughs> but he was always a nice guy. Like, if we did see him, he'd always say, oh, how's everything? And how's, you know. Uh, so, he was definitely a talkative guy when, when he was around. I mean, that's got to be a cool voice to like play behind for six, seven years, uh, how long you were there. Yeah. But he did it for what 60 years crazy since brooklyn (laughs) Brooklyn. literally no one else can say that ever no again i've seen people with you know ben scully tattoos you know yeah i tell you la that place was i'm glad i got to experience that i played there one time and it was Everything and then some, um, just the atmosphere, man, is, mm-hmm. I felt like I was at a club for nine innings. Like, it was yeah. rough. Um, yeah. I speak of Hollywood and all that, but, yeah, how was that for you? Yeah, no, I loved it. Great I mean, cases. yeah, I was there from 20. I was, like, my whole 20s, really. So, you know, I got to, you know, have a great time with it. And we had a lot of younger guys you know, that I was playing with too. So, um, and I just think like, I didn't understand all the history because I'm from Texas. So like I got there, I didn't, didn't really know who Ben Scully was and didn't know too much about the tradition and history, but I learned quick, quickly. <laughs> and um, just, you know, of how invested they are in the team, you know, like Boston is and mm-hmm. New York and all that. So it, it kind of had that, had that same feeling. Um, and like you said, just kind of how like it feels like a, like a party, right? <laughs> like they're they're ready to win. Like like I didn't understand how losing, you know, they come maybe a fan only comes to one game a season. If we lose that game, they're crushed, <laughs> you know. But for as a player, we're always just like, all right, we got to come back the next day. So it was uh, it was pretty special. That's actually a really interesting perspective because I know like me growing up going to games, like if my team lost. They'd be like, Oh, that sucks. We're like, for you guys, it's just like, Oh, we got them again tomorrow. You know, like, yeah. I, like very few guys actually like looked at it. Like I know Jeter always said, just like, if I can't perform today, or I think, I think Kobe said it too with the Lakers was like, he had like that Achilles injury towards the end of his career. It's just like, take, take a break, like take a week off. He's like, no, like what, what if that one person who spent all of their hard earned money came to see me play and I'm not performing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's- oh, yeah. 
Last of a dying breed. Right. It's like old school mentality. Again, okay. Cal Ripken, Iron Man, Kobe. That that's like no. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like even if you did have that, they wouldn't let you do it. <laughs> Unfortunately. I'm just curious, like being young, I would have lost my mind in LA being young, playing there, like this is Hollywood, man. Like I used to, you might see walking down the street. Like how yeah. did you even kill playing there? Yeah, I mean, I think you see everything, you know, in L.A. You know, if anything, you know, you're not always, like, the big dog. Like, you, you know, like, maybe if you play in Milwaukee or, I don't know, Cincinnati, where it's, like, maybe that's, you know, everything the city is about as far as, you know, entertainment. But actors and musicians and, you know, entrepreneurs and, and all that. So, um, you know, you come across those people, obviously, at the stadium or, or in different ways. But, you know, you know, Darnell, as far as playing, like, it's, it's it can be a 10 to 12 hour day, right? So a lot of times, you know, you're just tired. <laughs> like, you just want to go home, get some sleep, because you're playing pretty much every day. Um, you know, I, I think the time. I wasn't we tired, were... tired back then like that. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm tired now. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I can't do it. Like, I wasn't yeah. tired back then. I ain't going home. I ain't going to sleep, you know? No, you're right. I mean, I think it was more so, like, like a lot of times when we had off days or day games, it was a lot, you know, there was just a lot more things going on too, right? A lot more opportunities. So, um, but, you know, we definitely took advantage of, you know, you know, having our fun and being able to, um, ex- you know, explore LA, right? See what it's all about. You know, people, oh, why don't you guys wear these clothes for us? Or, you know, hmm. I'm here to this premiere or whatever it is. Right, right. So, yeah. Did they give you guys like uh was there like a development classes and stuff like you know how you carry yourself in in Hollywood because like, again you like you said this is different from Milwaukee or it's different from Colorado like this is you know so mm-hmm. did someone take you under your wing how how they do that how that work well I remember it was like MLB we had like a um, big kind of like seminar retreat thing in Virginia for young player young players just as far as like mm-hmm. handling yourself you know, in the big leagues, um, which I thought was pretty good. Um, you know, yeah, I think so. as a whole, though, that's like, as the league, I'm talking about yeah. LA. In, in LA. <laughs> I'm talking about movie, movie premieres. You're talking, it's, it's, it's a different vibe. Right. You know, it's, yeah. It's easy to get caught up in something in LA. Yeah, so I remember. Like, someone, like, take you under your wing. I remember, like, Jeffrey Hammond's my mm-hmm. first time at Orioles, the first thing to like, oh, B, yeah, don't have the girls in the lobby, B, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. oh, doing that. Like, <laughs> if you had someone like that, they're like, like, hey, man, this is how you want to handle yourself out here. I feel like, like, Juan Pierre was a real good, um, you know, mentor to be around, real even keel, real hard worker, you know, you know, but had a sense of humor, you know, we would still hang out after games. Um, so I thought he was a real good guy to be around, um, you know, but a lot of times, you know, as we got into the league in the two, three, four years in, it was a lot of young guys too. Like we were kind of the older guys in a way. Um, so we were definitely figuring it out on our own too. Um, but I think we had a good balance, you know what I mean? I think we had a really good balance of, of putting our work in, but also, you know, having fun. Um, so just being able to, to do that. I don't think anybody really ever had to like, you know, hey man, you need to be doing it, you know. 
so I think just the way our personalities were and the, what we showed, um, you know, was pretty good to to some of the older guys. Was that obviously because again, like you played for that wasn't your longest in, in Los Angeles, but like playing a little bit in Boston, New York with the Mets, like the, like there's a lot of like big city cultures there probably big expectations you know yeah maybe not so much with the Mets I don't know but like (laughs) are they similar cultures of just like we want to win every single year as opposed to just going to be a breeze this season don't worry about it no no for sure I mean like you said those big cities like that big markets um they have that history and like the fans the fans are like I said they're paying their ticket they they want to win right and I mean even though I was in Tampa for three years even though it's not a big market you know, we still expected to win. Like, you know, even though we don't spend a lot of money there, the teams, um, we still have this um, winning culture. And I remember, you know, we went to the playoffs my first first year there. Um, so I feel like everywhere I've, everywhere I've played, it's always been about winning, you know. And, and if we don't win, it, it's, it's, a, it's a letdown. Mm. What would you say is, like, the biggest um... – Oh, the most devastating moment, moment of your career, I'd say, because like there's probably like a lot of things, like a lot of pressurized moments of like mm-hmm. having to perform on a high level every day, especially in Los Angeles when you're expected to make the playoffs almost every year, which you did almost every year. And mm-hmm. then I know you were part of that big deal with Boston that sent like, who was it? It was like Crawford, Beckett, yeah. Adrian Gonzalez, all those guys. I remember that trade going down like you know, getting thrown out of a game for losing your temper. Like what's like, yeah. the biggest, like, I guess like stress moment that, you, that you've had. Right. See, Boston wanted me that bad. You know, they had to give up all those guys. A lot of, a lot of prospects right there. Yeah. You know, I was about to be a free agent, but they took the chance, you know. Listen up to Boston, baby. <laughs> um, well, you know, it's funny on a personal level. I remember my first year, I actually had, nine RBIs one game and the next game I didn't start <laughs> so that that was my first game I was like wow okay this is gotta you gotta keep pushing you know don't let that be a setback for you um so I did you know I ended up you know I just played when they told me to right and I understood that you know it's still a progression um you know I think as far as like overall um Probably, probably when I got released by the Rays, but, you know, at the time I felt like, all right, you know, okay, maybe it's not the right fit or, you know, I had, I think, uh, two injuries that, yeah, two injuries the year before and the Mets ended up picking me up after, you know, a few weeks in AAA. But at the time it was just kind of like, wow, I've never been released before after, you know, I don't know what's since 2002, I got drafted, and that was in 2015. So, yeah. Was it with the Mets when you when you walked away finally? Just like, yeah, the Mets was my last year in the big leagues, and I came back with the Rangers in spring training the next year, but I didn't have a good spring. Um, did a little AAA with Detroit, Atlanta, and uh, yeah, I didn't. You know, my kids were getting a little older, so it was just, just kind of hard to be away. And, play that whole game of like, where are you going to, where are we going to be? And where, you know, it was just, it's harder. That's got to, yeah. We've had that conversation multiple times too. Like a lot of guys have multiple stints, other play. Like I'm trying to think like, 
Jerry Harrison played for a lot of teams, right? Yeah. Like he yeah. probably had that conversation like time in and time again. Just like, yeah, we're packing up again. Hope yeah. We hope you didn't get too close with anybody because <laughs> getting home for long. Yeah, he gave me some pretty good valuable uh, valuable lesson. Um, I remember when he was with when I was playing with him. He's like, yeah, I could have went to Pittsburgh and been a starter, but my son like lives here, lives close, so I'm gonna play here. And at the time, I was just like, because I didn't have any kids, so I was just like, oh man, like you're not gonna go be a starter in Pittsburgh, like you know, you know what I mean? But now, but I get it, you know what I mean? I understand for sure. How's that? How's the transition been? Because I know, like, there's no, there ain't, they don't give you a blueprint. No. How you transition and. There ain't no, no, you can't, you can't do that. So like, how, how, how's that been for you? Yeah, I was, I wasn't the most domesticated dude coming into it, you know? So uh, definitely had to learn a lot on the fly and just kind of understand, you know, especially when you're married, it's like, all right, you're one with this person now, right? So now, all right, got to think about this person and, you know, what would, you know, what would they want or, you know, what what are their feelings in this situation, right? So now it's not all about you. You know, when I was playing, it was all about me, right? It's like, all right, what do I got to do to prepare? What do I got to do to, you know, get the most out of, you know, my situation? So now it's like, all right, you got these other people to think about. And, you you know, I enjoy it. You know what I mean? But sometimes, uh, like you said, that transition just can be tough, whether it's maybe you don't know a few things or, you know, if you're just like, wait, should I still be playing? You know, right. so there's a lot of different uh, things that can swirl around in your head for sure. Yeah, I don't think people realize that you know, like you said, like you're playing baseball, like that's what I've been doing all my life. Like mm-hmm. you know, from you know that that mindset from the minor leagues to the big leagues, and it's like, yeah, man, it's it's almost. It's a, I tell it like this isn't real, right? Because everything's about you, and you have someone to do everything for you. It was like, it was definitely the gift and the curse for me. Like it was a double whammy for me of transitional baseball, divorce. You know what I figured out? Like, man, I really didn't know how to do anything. <laughs> like realizing like all the stuff that was done for you. Like, and the, uh, I think the biggest thing is the, the scheduling, right? In baseball, you're mm-hmm. always on the schedule. You're here at this time, everything's scheduled out for you. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like, all right, figure that, figure it out yourself. Especially if you, you know, you get into or you're an entrepreneur, you're into a business. Like, mm-hmm. hey, that's the hardest thing, right? And so, yeah. You know, you have some routines or systems in place that kind of, you know, help you stay on track, or, or, you know, mm-hmm. what, what is life like for you now after playing baseball? you have kids yeah I mean I think I realized this is just really recently of what I have to do in order to be a productive human being you know and and it's pretty simple like you know a lot of the things you hear just in normal everyday life I gotta get sleep right gotta get at least eight hours for myself that's what works for me Uh, I gotta eat pretty healthy most of the time you know you know every once in a while I'll eat whatever right so, you know, you hear those things in different areas, um, you know, different areas of how to be productive. But, you know, when I when I do those things, now I'm in a good mindset, right, of, you know, for the day, to attack the day. 
you know, now maybe I'm not as irritated if my kids get on my nerves or, you know, I'm, I'm not like in a, in a different mood. If something doesn't go right, you know, whatever I'm doing. Um, and, and I think like the, the latest thing I've been trying to really attack is, is learning, right. Whether it's, you know, going back to school, I had, I had gone back to school online and then I had stopped and now I'm about to get back into that. You know what I mean? Um, uh, you know, becoming an agent, I became a sports agent. Okay. So, yeah. So that was, that was something that I think helped me a little bit, you know, I stayed in the game, but I also had a really flexible schedule. So that worked for me. Um, coaching my kids, like I'm managing both teams. That's a, that's almost an everyday, you know, commitment there practices and games right so I think it's really trying to stay busy but you got to find you know the things you like you know I think sometimes maybe Darnell you can attest to this I think sometimes after we're done playing I go shit who are we but then is that okay you know do or do even though maybe I only like this this and that and I can't do this I can't do all these other things but am I happy with am I fine with that you know what I mean and it's okay. If you're happy with it, you're happy with it. If you want to change it, go change it. But, you know, I think sometimes guys get a little confused of like, oh, I have to be this kind of guy or I have to be this kind of guy. It's like, no, like, go do go do what makes you happy, <laughs> you know? Yeah, interesting. I think not only athletes, but a lot of people, like, some people, we don't know what makes us happy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you said, like, uh, we've been playing baseball all our lives. Mm-hmm. And we had something to, we knew how, like, like a gauge, right? Like you knew if you were doing well or doing bad. <laughs> and some of these other things, like you don't know, like there's no like mark or like, man, am I doing okay? Mm-hmm. Like there's no feedback. Right. So yeah, that, 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 that's very interesting. I like, so the agent, like, are you doing that on a day-to-day basis or yeah, how did you, how did you decide to get into, get into that? Yeah. So, I mean, like, I knew I kind of wanted to stay in the game in a way. I just didn't know which way, you know, I think if I didn't have kids at this age, maybe I would have explored possibly coaching or, you know, you know, I don't know, front office type stuff. Um, but with my kids being so young, I know I wanted to be around and like coach them and, and do all that. So I thought, okay, maybe the agent thing would route would work just because, you know, you're pretty much, you know, with this company, you're pretty much on your own as far as like, all right, if you want guys, you, you go get them, you know, you try to go and see them, right? Or, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times it's through social media, which is nice. So, you know, I was exploring that and I started that a few years ago. Um, Justin Turner is our biggest client. Um, you know, we have Tommy, Pam, and a few other guys, so... Interesting. I want to talk yeah. to you more about that. I like that. Yeah. I, I, it's been on my mind for, for a minute now. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm the same way. Like the game is what I, this is what I know, you know, this is, yeah. this is my, obviously my first love or not, you know, first love, but when I transitioned out of the game, I knew whatever I did in baseball, like I need, I couldn't put the uniform on. Right. It wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't be able to like, trans, if I got the uniform on, like, man, I'm going to play. Like I still think I can play. Yeah, that's how I felt. <laughs> yeah, so, but now, you know, obviously being able to 
impact other people's lives and help them fulfill their dreams and still be in the game um, mm-hmm. is, is really the ultimate, the, the goal. Right? Yeah. And I, I think there's something too about just, you know, giving, whether it's your time or, or your money or, or your insight, you know, like a lot of people, if they can't figure out, you know, what that next step is, you know, maybe they can start with giving whatever area they feel like they can give. Um, you know, with my kids, like there's something about, you know, if I bring them a Legos for their birthday, like they're just so excited. I'm like, dang, that made me feel good, you know? <laughs> or, you know, if I see someone that I feel like, you know, needs, I don't know, whatever, $100. I don't know, you know, just something where I felt like that really made an impact on their life. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, that's what you see when, you know, you see with billionaires, right? Once they get to a certain level, like, what are they doing? They're building schools and trying to save the world, right? So it's kind of interesting how, like, people, you know, people want to keep making more money and more money, but you see the top, you know, um, the wealthiest people in the world, it's like they're giving a lot away, right? Because they know, you know, what that can do um, for the world. Yeah. The energy flow going. Like, when when did you learn that? When did you realize that? I mean, I think having kids definitely helped me get to a higher level with that. I think before it was more of like, like when I played for the Dodgers, you know, like, right, you go visit like the hospital and you know that it's a good thing to do, but you're not, I'm not thinking like of the impact too much. You know, I'm just like, oh man, that's sad, right? Mm-hmm. Or like, I'm glad I could help. But then it's like, okay, now I've got to go play baseball, right? Or, you know, now I got to do this. But I think when, you, when I'm done playing, when I get done, you have more time to think about it and kind of be like, okay, maybe I want to go this route or maybe I want to go this route. Like it's really trying to figure out, you know, what my, what, what are my strengths and then use those strengths to see how I can impact other people. Do you think you could learn that at any stage in life though? Or do you think like, I mean, I think you obviously can learn that at any stage in life, but like, let's say mm-hmm. you get you back in high school in Texas, right? You're not mm-hmm. making any money to play baseball. Then you get that first big offer out of school, right? Mm-hmm. And then obviously, the farther along you go in your career, the more money you're making. And then once you have those finances to help other people, like you said, mm-hmm. like billionaires starting the foundations or wanting to save the world, you know, like, mm-hmm. do you think that that is something that you could obviously have the mindset to have even at a young age as a kid, like even if like, like your kids, like really young, like whether it be like teenage or like even like 10, 11, 12 year olds have that mentality, like this is what we need to do. But at yeah. the same time, if you don't have like, like I said, like the finances in order to help that stuff, like can you really have that mentality? Yeah, I think like there's people I know that they don't, they don't have a lot of money at all, but they're still helping maybe with their time yeah. or, or maybe it's $5 to someone, you know, for, 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 for something they need, needed. Um, but I think it's starting with the foundation, right? When you're younger. And really understanding to like, an ego is good in the ways that, okay, it maybe helps you become a great baseball player or helps you great, become great at something, but taking the ego out, you know, when it comes to what's important, right? So I think, I just think, you know, you get to a level financially and you're just like, all right, 
I don't need 10 cars. I don't need five homes. I'd rather be doing something different with that money. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's the mentality a lot of guys should take, you know, especially, um, you know, guys that make a lot of money when they're young. You know, you always hear these stories. I'm like, how'd this guy go broke? Like, there's no, there's no way that should happen. You know what I mean? So I think it's, um, I know it's so sad. I'm just like, how? Like that money should have been making money, right? Um, so I think it's just balancing your life too, like having a balance. I had to learn that, you know, like you said, Darnell, you know, baseball is like bam, bam, bam. Like we're out of balance a lot too, right? So it's really just trying to be like, all right, let me put some money away to make more money. Let me, okay, I want to buy a decent house. I want to buy a decent car. Like that's fine. And then, okay, maybe this is for a little giving, you know, just kind of, this is for, you know, retirement. So it's just really like, you're, you're, you're living life. You're exploring so many different areas, you know what I mean? Which, uh, which I think has helped me, so. Well, I was eight, 18, I got my, got money. I wasn't thinking about none of that stuff you just said, man. Let <laughs> me just tell you right now. Um, right. And so, however you learn that or got that experience and, uh, and learn that along the way is, mm-hmm. is, is, is really beautiful, right? Cause they weren't, they don't teach that in school, right? They weren't no. I, only, well, I, I signed out of high school, right? And so yeah. I was this, this Deepak shop, I was reading this Deepak shop book, Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. And that's really mm-hmm. about all the stuff that you're talking about, right? Giving, you know, be a good giver, be a good receiver, and vice versa. And really, I think the biggest thing to learn is like, yeah, like you watch people that um, are financially well off and they, they give, they're good givers, right? right? And so they just keep that flow, that energy flow coming back. And, um, but again, I didn't learn that in high school. I didn't learn that in baseball. I didn't learn that, um, you know, obviously I grew up going to church and they're talking about, you know, tithing and offering. Um, you know, it's really about your intention and why you're doing it. We don't, I don't know what you're using the money for or what, you know, but now I understand it more now that I'm right. the concept of it, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I think, you know, in this world, or I mean, who knows for how long, but it's like everything's about us, right? Like that's kind of what the world tells us. So I think we have this feeling of, oh, we're still trying to impress people, right? Like, oh, I got to buy the most expensive shirt. I got to buy the most expensive car. But why not buy the smartest car? Why not buy the smartest thing? You know what I mean? It's kind of like, like, you're 18, I don't, you don't want it. I'm with, like I said, I ain't thinking about that. I'm buying with yeah. what's on TV, what I'm seeing. Like, so basically, like I didn't come for money, right? So you get all of a sudden you get $2 million. Like, how do you know what to do with $2 million? You don't know what to do, right? And then no. you got a bunch of people coming at you that you never met. Like, so it's, um, I really say like, like the team around you is really important, right? Your team, you're only as good as your team. And, um, you know, even watching guys when they get drafted, I know, um, you know, scouts, you know, they look at that stuff, like who's your circle, who's who's around them, right? Because that's right. really, um, to me, I think it's going to be the separator of 
that get developing and get into the big leagues, right? Because the more that we can simplify life off the field, um, the easier, you know, the game would be. But, you know, I'm school the hard night. I had to learn all this stuff along the way. And so now that's what, you know, it's really want to impact other people with that experience. Well, I'll tell you how you go lose all that money. You tell me how much time you have, I'll tell, I'll tell you how you do that. <laughs> yeah, if I would have been, been in L.A. like, you know, 20s or whatever, like, that money would have gone even, even faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, having that, that, um, that mature outlook uh, the sooner, the, the sooner, the better. Mm-hmm. Also, man, we're all on different paths and different journeys and, and learning, you know? Right. Put their hand on that, that stove and like, oh, it's hot. Okay, I know what you're talking about now. Like, yeah. Man, I had to hit rock bottom, like rock bottom to where like, you know, a place where I never want to feel this again. Right? And I really mm-hmm. think that's where change comes. Where you like, you get to a place where real change, like sustainable change, you're like, I never want to feel that again. Exactly. That's you. You hit it right on the head. That's exactly it. I don't want to feel that feeling again. You know what I mean? Um, and I think for me, like coming out when I was younger, I think what helped me not go too crazy was I never felt like I was the best at anything. So what I mean is I never felt like I was the strongest player on the team, the fastest you know, maybe the smartest, you know, but I always felt like I was pretty good at everything. So I was like, oh shit, I gotta get, I gotta be, I gotta get better in every aspect now. Mm. Right. Cause like, man, I'm not, I see this guy on my team. He's way better than me at this. He's way better than me. I could judge, I could gauge that, you know? So to me, I was like, man, I don't don't know what's going to happen. I ain't done nothing yet. You know? So I think that's kind of what helped motivate myself. Um, so I think if people try to take that approach, it can maybe help them, you know, like, like you said, with signing bonuses, right? It's like, all right, that's, you're really getting paid for what you did previously and what they think you're going to do. So you ain't done nothing yet after the fact, right? So I think it's really like, you know, trying to, you know, be smart and be like, all right, set this, a portion of this money aside for later, spend some of it, and then just work my ass off. You, I mean, you see it with like the big contracts, like even like ten years ago, like the ten-year deals were three fifty, whatever. Like almost nine times out of ten, none of those guys lived up to it. You know, they got paid for what they did, but then moving mm-hmm. forward, they didn't really live up to anything that they were getting paid. Just to like throw a few names like Albert Pujols, you know, some would say did not live up to that deal that he got with Anaheim, right? right. Maybe because he was he was getting older. Uh, Robinson Cano in Seattle lasted like three or four years there, you know. Like there's some of these guys, you know, A-Rod obviously went through his whole debacle, that final big deal he had with the Yankees, you know. Like it, I mean, you're probably talking smaller deals, which is still a ton of money. But you look at like those big time deals, like none of those guys after they got the big money really lived up mm-hmm. to that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. paid for like, 
you know, what you've done. And then they're hoping that it's like a 10 year deal. Maybe they get, they get five solid years out of you. I think they feel like, you know, it's a pretty good deal. Yeah. No matter what you do, it's the, someone's going to have something to say, right? Like, that's what I say. Can you really live up to that? Because just like, uh, it's like the strike, right? Like, man, millionaires are making all this money and they don't want to play and like not like and it's like yeah we want to play um you know yeah i can i can imagine what it's like having a deal like that my expectations right that, that happened to me. but i think there's something to be said for like you know i hear what you're saying um james about staying grounded right you gotta how do you stay grounded how do you stay grounded when you get this big signing bonus how do you stay grounded when you sign this big contract. Um, I know I heard you say, like, I never, I, I hadn't done anything, right? I didn't, I want to keep, where I had this white belt mentality, right? Mm -hmm. Keep getting better. And I think, you know, that's, a, that's another skill in itself or you know, a skill or, um, you know, you think it's something that is just, in you, born in you to, to do that. I, I, I look at Jeter and, you know, I don't know what he did off the field or whatever, but I, you know, just look how he carried himself. He's always stayed grounded, right? And I went yeah. back to Plato there for two seconds. And I'm like, I really appreciate it. Like he treated everyone the same way, right? Right. Yeah. And then it's like this weird thing, right? And I never understood it in life. It's like, depending on how much money you have, you, you treat someone differently. Like, I don't, I just didn't really, you know, just didn't you really. Know, you know how it is in baseball, though. Oh, like, no. They have contract, big kind of like, yeah. like they don't treat, they treat this guy, some of them do. The good yeah. ones don't, but you know how it is in the game of baseball. Mm -hmm. no, I get it. Life, like, yeah. You know, I get it. I mean, this guy, you better not sit this, you better not sit here on the plane or what, you know what I'm saying? Right. No, I get it. You know, I get it. And, you know, there's, you know, something to it. But as far as just like being, you know, a good person, right? Or just being able to like, you know, talk to someone. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. You know, I just always felt like it's like, oh, shit, there's always going to be someone more money than you, right? Pretty much, <laughs> unless you're the richest person in the world. So, you know, I always just felt like, I just felt like, all right, there's more, there's more, there's like, you know, let's, let's keep going, right? Like you said, that white belt mentality of like, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not stopping here, you know? Yeah, yeah, like I said, I, I, easier said than done. Like I tell you, like, shoot, yeah. They say it ain't gonna change, like money don't change or whatever. Like, yeah, it changed me. I didn't have money. I was 18 and gave me $2 million. Like, yeah, it changed me. Like, I had all kind of people come at me that I didn't know. Like, there's so many different ways that it, it changed, right? And I think uh, big thing for me, like, probably like 99, my seven year pro ball, my mom passed away, right? And I didn't, again, there was no blueprint of how you heal from that, how you go through healing or, um, so man, what, I, the way I look back and I dealt with that, I was like, man, I was just going out, winning money. If I wasn't feeling good, like I'd go buy something, thinking that's gonna make mm -hmm. me feel better, that temporary, like right. 24 hours later, like, man, okay, I'm back there, like, no. still feel like shit. Um, so, and that's why I'm really, 
you know, the best, like this, this, this mindfulness and the stuff that I learned, like getting out of the game, mm-hmm. uh, became my comp, like, like that was my competition, like competing against myself, right? And, um, you know, basically when I say that, man, this saved my life, right? And this noticing, giving my, creating this space between, um, you know, reacting, what my natural habits would be and being able to respond, like, okay, instead of doing this, I'm gonna do this instead, right? Um, and again, that's why I'm like, passionate about helping others and teaching others about this, this stuff, like creating this space, right? Just think of it as, as just a space, right? Of taking a pause and, okay, do this or this, right? Right. And my kids spill some of there. When I yell at my kid, what the hell are you doing? This, that, like, they don't respond better to that. I don't feel nope. good. So, okay, let me, if I'm calm and I'm like, okay, yeah. I need to do a clean. Like, I just found like, they respond better to that. I feel better about that. Mm-hmm. And it's, we, we, we're, in, we're in a better space doing this. And this is, this, this space of like, Creating that space and this this mindfulness or like you know what I'm saying like yeah. this was like my life. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it sounds like a you know growth that you know that the growth that you've been on is shaping you into just a better you know better person, right? That's what it sounds like. Um, and I think there is something like to having kids, man. Like there's. It's a feeling you have, unless you grew up, maybe it was like a big family or, or you took care of people that you really cared about. Like, cause I didn't, you know what I mean? Like I never really had that super close connection. You know, I mean, I was always good with my parents and my coaches and all that. But as far as like, oh shit, like, man, like I care, I really do care about this. You know what I mean? So, you know, it kind of just starts to change your mindset of maybe what's important and, all right, maybe I should do this in this situation, you know? Um, So it's definitely, uh, there's definitely a lot of growth in that. (laughs) Did you guys ever have like teammates or see anybody like you played with them prior to having kids and then like post having kids, like how their whole demeanor changed, like, you ever play with someone who's just like became a different person after having kids? I've seen it a little bit. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. For all the right reasons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I say, I tell people like, that's the, like the only thing that's going to change your life instantly. Yeah. Kid comes and um, like for me, understanding like love, like that was the first time I was like, man, like, yeah seeing a child come out and then like you see these these characteristics and stuff of like yourself in them and um unconditional you know and that's yeah. for me that was that was the turning point in my career man like that that alone was when that happened and you know playing for I was playing for something bigger than myself and so I think that like see a lot of guys yeah man like especially with baseball and the mindset you mindset you have as a professional athlete right like 
Yeah, man, it's it's all about yourself. You, you, you. Like, what do I got to do to get to the next level? What do I got to do to keep my job? What do I got to do to be in a lineup? What do I got to do? And then, um, you know, having someone else that depends on you was, uh, you know, I was able to come home and like, man, I don't care if you went four for oh for four. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it helped me decompress because I never learned how to decompress. I never learned how to let go of, you know, probably the most important thing you can learn as a baseball player or anyone. Like, how do I leave this here and then be this? Like, this compartmentalize these things. And so having a kid kind of just forced me to do that. Um, oh, so how, how old are your kids, James? They're, they're six and eight. So did they... They saw they were around a little bit during while you were playing. My eight year old was yeah. I didn't really remember too much, but he was around. So um, how did that affect you, like in your game, and like how you know? Yeah, no, like you said, you go like oh for four, oh for four. You know, you come home and that your whole mood can change, right? Um, for the best, and then I think it was harder with my wife sometimes, like before we had kids. You know, you come home over four, and she'd be like, oh, "Want to talk about it?" I'm like, "No, I don't want to talk about it." You know, right. and she started, yeah. and then eventually, like, she would start to kind of feel type of way of like, <laughs> you, don't, "You don't want to express, you don't want to talk." And I'm like, "No, why would I want to talk about that?" You know, but it was that's that's a whole nother you know situation. Um, so the wives and girlfriends, they don't get a handbook either. Like, man, how you can deal with this this person here when they come home. Yeah. Like it's yeah, it's 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 unreal. And I'm like, I think back to like how like that roller coaster and no matter what anyone says, you owe for 20, you owe for 20 or whatever it is, like man, it's a different feeling. That food tastes different. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I don't want to do no. Like and um yeah. I know that the, the rate of like relationships and people staying together in baseball is, I don't know what it is right now, but I, I can understand like why, right? Yeah, I think it's the worst among sports, actually. I think it's the biggest breakup rate, among, you know. Um, I don't know maybe if it's like the amount of games or just, you know, I, I mean, a lot of people get with their spouses really early when they're young too. I don't know, you know, I don't know what all the factors are, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. You know what I mean? It's definitely tough. Um, and with baseball as a hitter too, right? You're, you're not getting a hit. Even, you know, if you're hitting three out of 10, you're doing great. Right. And so that means you, a lot of failure. Yeah. So, you know, when you're doing that, like you say, you're trying to keep your head above water in the big leagues because you're not trying to go back to the minors. So you're just like, Oh shit. Like, okay. I think I, if I do good this week, right? Or if I do good next week, then I think I'll stay. Or, you know, just especially if you're early in your career. Um, so you go home, like, it's like, no, it's like, you don't, you don't usually, even when you do good, like, it's not necessarily something you're trying to go home about, you know, broadcast, right? It's like, all right, go to bed, wake up, do it tomorrow. <laughs> you're nine RBIs and then you're not in the line the next day. And then, Man. <laughs> No one teaches you how, how, how do you deal with that? Like, you know, and so there's just so many things that, you know, like mentally, 
I didn't practice any mental skills. I wasn't doing, I didn't fail in high school. I didn't know how to deal with failure. Um, you know, the, you know the, the, the mental side of it, you spend so much time practicing the physical side of, of the game. Mm -hmm. uh, and like, we can strengthen, you can do the same thing for your mind. And, you know, it's probably the most important thing, like how you, you're going to respond to adversity. It's like the right. like, and, and I think too, like knowing what adjustments you're supposed to make because you never you get to big leagues, but you ain't never been there before. So now you're like, wait, if I when I if I start struggling or when I start struggling, do I change my timing? Do I change, you know, is it you know is it my leg kick or is it my is it my thought process of what pitch you know I'm ready for? So it's really like you're like you're learning on the fly because you're not sometimes you're not really sure if you don't have you know maybe the right coaches around you and, and all that it makes it a lot harder you know I'm sure you've been around where like you didn't always maybe have the best hitting coaches around right like or maybe someone that didn't understand you know what you were trying to do or what you were going through right Cause, you know I, I think you know teams should have more than one or two hitting coaches right you got what. 12 hitters on a team up usually. So, you know, golfers all have their own coach, <laughs> right? That's pretty much like where the game's gone. I think everyone has, every guy has their own guy now. And yeah, you know, what you said, like the, the you know, the data and stuff that we're seeing in the game, like, yeah, you have the data, but this doesn't help you make an adjustment, right? We right. Like, like knowing what the adjustment is. Yeah, there might not even be an adjustment, right? And we can we can overcorrect. Exactly. Yep. They're like, oh, you're doing this, you're doing that. I'm like, yeah, but the pitchers already passed me, so I don't know if that was the right solution. You know what I mean? Um, and then, like I said, you always had the success leading up to these, leading up to the big leagues. So you're like, well, shit, I always had this success doing it this way, but. These guys are throwing like 96 mile sinkers now and you know sliders at 90. So it's like, you know, you're really trying to, you know, figure it out. Would you say that you were a uh, big fish in a small pond in high school? Because again, like you were like num ranked number one, I think, right? When you were pitching in high school, like your team. Like mm -hmm. I know Darnell's just like hitting like 700 in high school and then goes <laughs> to the leagues and it's like, oh wow, everybody's this good. Yeah. In here. Yeah, no, I think so. Yeah, we were number one in the country my senior year. Um, you know, I think I hit Where like is this, James? Where? The school? Uh, Elkins in um, Missouri City, Texas. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did anyone else from your team, did they go on to play? We had a lot of guys play in the minors. And then Matt Carpenter for the Cardinals. Okay. Or is he still? Who is he playing right now? The Rangers, I think, or maybe Miners. I don't know. Um, and this other guy named Chad Huffman, he actually got called up to the Yankees. I remember Huffman. Yeah? Yeah. I grew up a Yankee fan, so I, I know that name. Yeah. Yeah. So me, Chad, and Matt were all on the same team. You were pitching? And were you playing first back then? First and pitching, yeah. Gotcha. I guess another thing that helped me, I thought I was going to be a pitcher. I was topping out at 94, you know, left-handed. So that was another thing. When I got drafted as a hitter, I'm like, I was scared. I was like, man, I can't. 
I can't like mess this, you know, mess this up or, you know, I didn't feel like real confident going into it if this was going to work out. So I think that humbled me for sure, you know. Did you ever think about trying to pitch at any point? I did, you know. Um, I would try to like ask occasionally, I think during blowout games, but I think the coaches said they'd get fired if they pitched me. <laughs> so you never got that opportunity in like an 11 to one game in the eighth? Well, finally, once I was like 34 in AAA, when I went back, <laughs> I got to pitch an inning, no runs. One hit. It's tough to hit. Well, I guess you were probably throwing decent heat at that point. Or were you just phoning it in? It's like 88, 89. Yeah. See, like, who who was it the other night? Like, Rhett Phillips with the Rays was throwing, like, 45 in the bottom of the the eighth inning, striking guys out. Yeah. There was a guy from the Padres one year they brought in. He was done, like, 94. He was a catcher. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Davis was throwing gas with the, a splitting. We faced, we faced him. That day. Yeah. Which, the black one or the white one? White dude. Baltimore. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember he stuck out Adrian Gonzalez on three pitches. You know, I'm, I'm the next hitter. I'm going <laughs> to strike out, you know. Well, I didn't strike out. I ground into a double play to end the game. <laughs> I got it. Right, so it's like, is that even fair as a hitter? Because you're like, man, eh, but like, what are you? Doing? He teed no, off on you, Darnell. Yeah. Huh? He teed off on you, didn't he, at Fenway? Adam Jones, two on bomb, got me. Damn. <laughs> Thinking like I'm gonna throw it, you know, kind of up and away. Like yeah. he just he just went out there and just hooked it over the monster. <laughs> But, yeah, you're going to give up a, a bomb. Yeah, that's the one you want. Yeah, I give one up to him. I, still, I have a bat, actually, from uh, Matt Suey. I saw I saw Matt Suey off. He signed a bat for me. Broken bat. What a guy he is. <laughs> Will you sign this broken bat for me? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that one. Oh, I, I love that guy. Just for that right there. That's funny. Wow. What was the context of that? Like, Why'd you ask him to sign a broken bat? Good question. Like, I'm trying to, how did I even know his bat was broken, right? But somehow and did, maybe someone on the team told me, and yeah, he signed, he signed the bat. Huh. What a guy. Little cutter got in on him. (laughs) (laughs) But so, man, I'm, I'm really just, I love the thought of that that deal, like we were talking about earlier with the, the games and, and talking through the games. And I want to keep uh, like talking about that and figuring out like how we can play around with that, just to mm-hmm. just play around with it. Like it don't even have to be anything serious, but right. So how we can get the game on there and just talk through the game or maybe even just start with like, three innings or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's what people are going to appreciate more, the non-serious factor of all of it, kind of just like hanging out, talking about it with your buddy. Yeah. Like, hey, man, I'm about to go get some lemonade. You you take the next two outs. You know what I mean? Or like, I don't know. I'm taking a piss break. Why don't you? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just like you said, like you're at if you're at home, treat it like you're at home, right? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.